This podcast is presented by Pastor Greg Wheat and Christian Life Church in Lexington and Purcell, Oklahoma. For more information, visit ChristianLifeOK.com. Welcome to week four in my sermon series, Freedom. Freedom from what, right? You might be asking yourself, freedom from what? Well, this series is specifically dealing with finding freedom from the toxicity in relationships. And relationships can be kind of complicated from time to time. If you agree with that, elbow the person sitting next to you, right? Or raise your hand, yes, I can agree. Yeah, relationships can be complicated. And sometimes in relationships, toxicity starts to build up. It's easy for things in relationships uh, to begin to become toxic for certain reasons. Now, what's the definition of toxicity? What's the definition of something toxic. It's any substance that can be harmful. Toxicity involves harmful effects through a single or short-term or long-term exposure. So when you're exposed to things that are toxic, it's harmful to you. That, that really uh, encompasses, even in your relationships, that if you have some things going on in a relationship that is toxic, it becomes harmful to you in that relationship. Even the best of friends, think about this, everybody here can make a a list of a few friends that they have, best friends, even in the best of friendships, even in the best of relationships, those people go through rough patches. Now, this is not a marriage um, sermon. It has some things that you can apply the good points to your marriage relationship. So let me just say this, Um, if if you have uh, a relationship uh, and you're married, You just might as well just get used to it because you're, you're stuck in that marriage, okay? This is not a, this is not a, when you hear this sermon this morning thinking, oh, well, that gives me a way out. No, I'm not giving anybody a way out. There's no exit door. There are extreme cases in marriage uh, to where we have to take those one case at a time. But for the most part, this is not a marriage sermon. So you don't apply, uh, the bad things to the, to your marriage. You apply the good things and apply it to your marriage. So with that out of the way, even the best friendships, even the best relationships go through rough patches. But, but when the bad starts outweighing the good, it becomes a really serious matter. In your relationships, when the bad starts outweighing the good, it becomes a very serious matter. In order for things to change, adjustments have to be made for those relationships to get better. Week one, we talked about being choosy about your company. Being choosy about your relationships, being choosy about your friendships, being choosy about your company. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And all the parents said amen. All the teenagers said amen. All right. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Week two, we talked about having relationship investments. What does that even mean? Relationship investments. Here's the thing. What you put into a relationship is what you're going to get out of that relationship. If you're putting in a lot of bad and toxic things in the relationship, that's going to be the outcome of that relationship. So we also talked about that week. What kind of deposits or withdrawals are you making in a relationship? Just like in a bank, if you make deposits in your bank, you're going to have a big bank account. It's going to, you're going to be wealthy. You're going to be rich. But if you continue to make withdrawals out of that account, you're going to eventually go bankrupt. But I said that week that there were a lot of relationships that are bankrupt because people keep making withdrawal after withdrawal after withdrawal. 
out of the relationship and they never put things back into the relationship. So that was week number two. Week number three, I talked about having relationship guardrails. We talked about how uh, that week, if you drive around in the community or out on a trip or wherever you're going, you see guardrails everywhere you go. And those guardrails are there to meant, and they're meant to protect you, to keep you on the road and keep you out of danger. And I said that we need to apply that to our relationships and our personal lives, that we need guardrails in our relationships with people um, in our everyday lives that we become friends with and we become acquaintances with. And even in our family, no matter what the relationship, we need, re- we need relationship guardrails there to protect us. Guardrails are meant to protect you. And so that week I asked you, do you have personal guardrails built up in your, in your life and in your relationships that are going to protect you? Do you have a line in the sand that says, in this relationship, this is as far as I'm going to go and I'm not going to go any further? If you don't have those guardrails built in and you don't have those lines in the sand built in, then when you're out with people, you're liable to find yourselves doing things you shouldn't be doing, going places you shouldn't be going, saying things you shouldn't be saying, and doing things you shouldn't be doing. If you have guardrails and you have a line in the sand that protects you from getting in harm's way. That was week number three. Now, today I want to give you an illustration, and I'm going to invite my son to come help me, because it's going to illustrate what we're talking about this morning. Kaisten is a handsome young man. He's also very, very smart. He's very intelligent. You know, he does his hair well. Uh, you know, good-looking guy. And so I'm going to invite him. I've picked out a couple of chairs here, and I think one of these two chairs is a little more comfortable than the other. And so I'm going to invite Kaisten to sit in this chair to my right and check it out. Tell me what you think. It's comfortable? It's good? Do you like that? Right. What if I said this chair over here is even more comfortable than that chair? All right. Why don't you try that? Why don't you come over here and try that? So try to sit down in this chair. Thank you. Okay. Um, Let me help you up. Okay. I just, 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 do you want to try it again? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? I'm going to try it again. <laughs> okay, you want to do it again? Yeah, I'll try it. No, no, don't, don't, don't. He trusts me, doesn't he? Thank you. Let's give him a hand. Here's the thing. Today, we're talking about trust. I've been putting it on Facebook. Uh, I've been sending that out as a message, and I know you've seen that. Today, we're talking about trust, and this is an example of trust. So when you have a relationship with someone, trust is a very, very important thing in that relationship. My son trusted me enough that he could sit in a chair. He trusted me enough to try it again, even though I pulled the chair out from underneath him a couple of times. He trusted. We have that relationship. He's, we have that bond together that we've worked on over the years. Where he says, you know, I can trust. I can trust. I can trust him. He can trust me. In our relationship, there are times that we're talking in the car, and he can, he can testify to this. I say, son, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Because I'm going to tell you what's right. I'm going to tell you what direction you need to be going in. You're going to have a lot of friends come into your life. You're going to have a lot of people come into your life. They're going to tell you things that, that aren't true, that will misguide you, that will mislead you. Do you trust me? Yes, Dad, I trust you. Because I need that trust to be there. He trusts me enough to say, I'm going to tell you the truth. You may not like it. You may not enjoy it. But I'm going to tell you the truth. And the truth that I tell you will guide you through the rest of your life. That's trust. That's a bond. And you need that trust 
in every relationship that you have. Trust is something that we all struggle with. In every relationship, we struggle with this thing called trust, and we all have to work on it. We all have to work uh, to give trust. We all have to work to receive trust. We all have to work in a relationship to build trust in a relationship. The only way a relationship's going to work is if there's trust in that relationship. That's the only way it's going to work. So the demonstration you just saw is really an example of trust or mistrust. It shows the difference between expectation and experience. Think about that. He expected one thing and he experienced something different. And that's really what happens in a lot of our relationships. We expect one thing in a relationship and we experience something different. And then we're, we're left trying to figure out what to do. And can I just tell you, in that case, bitterness usually starts to rise up in our heart and our soul. After we expect one thing over time and experience something else, bitterness starts creeping into our hearts, our souls, our minds, and then mistrust starts building up. And then we view anything and everything through those, those eyes. We view every relationship through mistrust. We view everybody at work and in the community and in our relationships and friendships with mistrust because, because what we expected sometimes is not what we experienced. So we just, we use that, that definition with every relationship and friendship we have. And that's not healthy for us. There are going to be times, you're going to hear me say this in this sermon this morning, there are going to be times that trust is broken. There are going to be times in your life where you expected one thing and you experienced something else in a relationship. It's going to happen in life. It's going to happen at work. It's going to happen with people you work with. It's going to happen with coworkers. It's going to happen in just relationships uh, on the ball fields and, and in the community club, in the communities and in clubs or organizations at school. It's going to happen. So you have to ask yourself, what am I going to do when those things happen? This happens a lot in relationships and it happens a lot in all of relationships. You expect one thing and you experience something different. You see, trust affects every relationship. Every relationship. It, it affects your spouse, whether you trust your spouse or you don't. Can I just tell you when my wife was flying all over uh, in, in, in the corporate world and, and going places, I wish I could go. I've said that with you before. But, you know, she traveled for weeks at a time. Not just a couple of days, not just a week here. Like weeks at a time she was gone. You know, there had to be trust in that relationship on both, both sides, right? Trust is a big thing. You have to have trust with your spouse. You have to have trust with your kids, right? And, and if you don't, then, then there's a strain in that relationship with your kids or the kids with their parents. The kids have to trust their parents. And so if that trust isn't there, it affects your spouse, it affects your kids, it begins to affect your family. If there's someone in your family that has broken trust, or maybe you've broken trust in the family, then it affects that relationship, it strains the relationship, it even, it it spills over into our friendships, doesn't it? So maybe you've had a friend that's broken trust with you, Uh, you expected one thing and experienced something else, right? And so now you have a choice to make, you know, am I going to, am I going to view all my friendships that way? Am I going to start viewing the world that way? Maybe this happened at work and, and you expected one thing and experienced something else from somebody at work. They, they said they were going to be there. They said they weren't going to do this or that, but they did. And, and trust is broken. See, it affects everybody. 
Trust is an important thing in every relationship. Your relationships are no stronger than your level of trust. Think about that a minute. Your relationships, no matter where they are, are no stronger than the level of trust in that relationship. And let me just say this. Trust is the glue that holds relationships together. Trust is that that bond, that glue that holds those relationships together. Healthy relationships between employees and bosses need that glue of trust. That bond that holds them together. Relationships between coworkers and friendships and relationships and family members require that bond of trust to hold them together in that relationship for that relationship to be healthy and for it to work properly the way it needs to work. So what do you do when trust is broken? What do you do when trust is broken? In this example you just saw, Kyson would have a decision to make. Am I going to continue to trust in this relationship? If this kept repeating itself, I kept pulling a chair out from underneath him over and over and over again. What message am I sending him in this relationship? You can't trust me. I'm saying you can trust me, but you're experiencing something different. What do you do when you find that happening in your life? Okay, so there's a couple of things that happen. You're either going to get bitter about it, and you're going to view everything, as I've said, through those eyes. Or you're going to keep your heart tender, which we're going to be talking about this morning. What do you do when, when you expect something and experience something different? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you have your Bible, you have your smartphone, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to look at verses 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. It says this, Love is patient, love is kind, It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. Think about that. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. And it's getting to the point what I want us to focus on. It always protects, it always trusts. There it is. Love in a relationship, trust. And if both people have the kind of God-like love in the relationship they have, trust will be there. You've heard me say time and time again that your relationship with God directly affects everything else in your life. It affects your job. It affects your performance at work. It it affects everything in your life. Your relationship with God directly affects everything, including your relationships. And if your your relationship with God is not where it needs to be, it's going to begin to affect your relationship right here. Because if you have a relationship with God and love is in your relationship and both people are right where they need to be, then the love will be at the level it needs to be. And love does all of these things and love always trusts in the relationship. So love is a big thing. Trust is a big thing in a relationship. Now I can hear you thinking right now. I can almost read your mind. I'm I'm reading it right now. What you're thinking, what you're thinking, what you're thinking is, are you kidding me? When trust is broken, you're saying that I should love. You're saying that every time trust is broken, I should love. I'm encouraging you to love for a reason. Here's the thing, and here's the reason why. If you choose a life of mistrust, and you choose to live your life through the eyes and the lens of mistrust, you mistrust everybody, it will begin to consume your life. 
And then it'll begin a vicious cycle of tearing apart every relationship you have because you have a, a mistrust thing going on in your heart and it's welling up inside you and you mistrust anybody everybody. you judge everybody through well i bet and i know this is going to happen and you begin to mistrust everybody it will consume you it will begin to affect you and it will begin to affect all the other relationships in your life if you choose to mistrust the word of god is saying choose to love and it's a choice you have to choose to love Love is what's going to keep your heart tender. Love is what's going to keep you in the right place where God can continue to use you and nurture you and bless you in your relationship because the Bible says love always trusts. That should be the first instinct in your life is to trust. Trust gives the benefit of the doubt when you trust somebody. And usually what happens is is someone starts talking about somebody or something and, and you're like, oh, really? Oh, really, right? And so then you're starting to view things through that mistrust. But trust gives the person the benefit of the doubt. It goes out of its way to believe in the person instead of assuming the worst. And many of us live our lives just assuming the worst about everybody and everything in life. We're just going to assume the worst. Trust brings out the best in people. When, when people in your family and people in your relationships at work and abroad and at home and in the community, wherever it may be, when people sense trust, it brings out the best in those relationships. Trust communicates faith in a person. Just like you saw a few minutes ago, my son trusts me and he had faith in me. So trust communicates faith in a person. Statistics will tell you this, the healthiest relationships are built on trust. The healthiest ones have trust as a common thread, a strong thread that ties and binds them together. Trust is important. Trust takes a lot of time to build though. It's a relationship thing. You work on it and you build it over time. You learn to trust the people in your life with a stronger bond but it can be destroyed in an instant. Trust can be wiped out just like that by the things you've done, the things you said, or what you said to someone else. You see, Jesus had a bond. He had a trust with some people that were close to him. There were 12 people that he was really, really close to. And they were called the apostles. And the 12 apostles, he trusted them with everything. They were his closest allies. They were his closest uh, companions. And when he had time with them, there was one individual named Peter uh, who always came up to Christ and said, Christ, listen, I'll always have your back. I'm your your go-to guy. I'm always going to be there. You can trust me. That's what Peter would always tell him. But in the heat of things, when things got really bad, Peter denied Christ not once, Not twice, but three times. And maybe you can identify. Maybe you've been there and you can know, you've you've said this to God. You know, I'm I'm there for you, God. I'm going to have this relationship with you, God. But in the heat of the moment, right, uh, you know, you denied your relationship with Christ. You didn't do what, you know, Christ would expect from you, those types of things. You didn't handle the situation right. And so um, maybe you can identify a little bit with Peter. But Peter denied Christ three times. Jesus died, and later when, when he was with the apostles, he rose again and was with the apostles talking to them. They were around a campfire, and they were talking and, and just doing life together. And Jesus looked over to Peter, 
And he said, hey, Peter, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you love me? What would you say? Well, yeah, I love you. And that's what Peter said. He said, yes, Christ, I love you. And a few minutes later, they're talking and going around the campfire, sharing stories and just visiting and doing life together. And Jesus stops and looks at Peter again. He says, hey, hey Peter, i ask you a question. Jesus, ask me anything. He says, do you love me? Peter's taken back. He's like, Jesus, I love you. Yes, I love you. Okay? Same thing goes on. They're around the campfire, talking, doing life together. A few minutes later, Jesus stops. He looks at Peter again. Hey, Peter, i got a question. Ask me anything, Jesus, what is it? He says, do you love me? At this point, Peter's going, what is going on? Now think about this. Peter had given mistrust to Christ, right? He He had broken trust with the Savior of the world. I've got your back. But in the heat of the moment, he ran out. He denied Christ three times. Now Jesus is around him and Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? What was basically being said here is that Christ was trying to communicate to Peter that I still trust you. Christ set the example for us to follow. And we've got to try to have trust in our life. Otherwise, we would be bitter. Can you imagine what it would have been like? You know, they're sitting around the campfire and Jesus says, you know what? I love all of you, but you know what? You right there. Yeah, Peter, you know who you are. Stand up. Get out of here. I'm done with you. Right? But he didn't. You know, he, he kept his heart right, and he restored Peter, uh, and he trusted Peter. He goes on, and Peter does great things for Christ. Uh, and so that's what we're talking about. Now listen, I'm going to say this again. And there are extreme cases in every relationship that you've done all you can do, and, and it's time just to part ways. I get that, and I'm going to say that again in a few minutes. But we're talking about, in general, you must keep your heart pure and keep trust healthy in your relationships. Trust strives to do five things. You want to take some notes? I'm going to give them to you this morning. Trust strives to do five things to keep the relationship healthy. Whatever relationship you have with your your spouse, your kids, your family, co-workers, whatever it may be, five things. Number one, believe the best. Believe the best in them. No matter what happens, strive to believe the best. There's always two sides of the story. Remember that. There's always two sides of the story. So always try to believe the best. You want to you have a healthy relationship and build trust, believe the best in these people no matter what. Communicate that you believe in them and believe that they're going to do right. Speak that into their life. Do all you can to communicate that you believe they're going to do what's right in this relationship. Number two, taking notes, write this down. When others assume the worst, you assume the best. When others assume the worst, you assume the best. Come to their defense. There might be another another explanation, as we just said. There might be another side of the story. And just remember this, even in our government and our system, you're innocent until what? Proven guilty. You're innocent until you're proven guilty. And there are those extreme cases, okay, where something wrong did happen. And that you may have to part ways. But in general, keep that in mind. Keep your heart pure. You're innocent until you're proven guilty. This will help you in every relationship, even at work. Okay? Number three, when trust is broken, and then just say this, there's going to come a time in every relationship, okay, that on some level, trust is broken. 
things don't add up. You've been in this relationship and, and things just don't seem to, to add up. They're not working out. You don't understand what's going on and, and there's some dysfunction going on in some kind of a relationship. When trust is broken and things don't add, go confront in love. Confront doesn't mean be confrontational and put on your gloves and go, okay, let's get it on, all right? That's not what it means. It just means when things don't add up, when you feel like there's something not jiving right, there's something, there's a rift there and, and in this relationship and trust has been broken a little bit and there's something going on you can't put your finger on, go deal with it in love as we talked about, right? Love, we started out the sermon talking about love and how love affects your relationship. So go deal with it in love. Ask to talk with these people. Ask to talk to this person. Don't fight it out. Just try to sort it out. Try to sort it out and work it out in love. Go to the person instead of gossiping about the person. Because that's usually what we want to do first, right? Well, did you know? And can you believe? And then it just makes it worse and worse and worse. And then someone else hears about it, right? That person you thought you could trust, right? And you're telling them about this situation, they tell someone else who tells someone else and somehow it gets around the table back to that person that you've been saying something and it really wasn't something bad at all, but now the person takes it as something bad and it just festers and the relationship gets better, doesn't it? No, it gets worse. So instead of that, instead of gossiping, instead of that, go right to the person, try to resolve it in love. Don't let the problem get bigger and bigger and bigger. Can I just tell you little things that... that that go undealt with get bigger and they get bigger and they get bigger until they're so big you don't even know how to deal with it anymore okay so do your best to go to the person resolve it as best you can and work it out so it doesn't get bigger have a conversation with them sooner than later why is that if you don't have a conversation with them sooner than later later the situation is going to be bigger do your best to confront in a loving way before it gets to the point that it's uncontrollable. Okay? Number four, when you can't go to the person, contact the person. You're trying to build this trust in this relationship, okay? And when, when things are not right and they're not adding up and there's a little conflict there, whatever, keep the spirit of love, keep the spirit of trust, go to the person, and if you can't go to the person, contact them, reach out to them in some form or fashion to try to keep the relationship healthy. That way things can get worked out before they get worse, okay? And then when you can, the first chance you get, go talk to them in person to clarify anything else up. Make sense? Number five, if you're the one being confronted, all right, don't be confrontational, okay? Because it's going to make matters worse. Now, I know what, what we typically do when we're confronted with something. What do we all do? What do we do? There's something that goes up, right? We put up this barrier, this brick wall of defense, right? Because we don't want to be hurt. We don't, we don't want to be uh, our heart pierced or our soul pierced. And we don't really want to hear it because we don't want to get hurt. So, but keep in mind, if someone is confronting you in love and in the right attitude, don't be confrontational. When you're asked about what was expected from you, yet something different was experienced, don't be defensive, right? In this example that I said in the beginning, you know, Kyston would have every right to say, Dad, what I expected is not what I experienced, right? What, what's going on here with this situation, right? The chair situation. He would have every right to come to me in love and ask, but I have two choices at that point. 
When I say, I'm your dad and I'll pull the dang chair out from you anytime I want to. Because that's my right as your dad and you will like it or you can just get out. Right? That's the defense mode we go into. And we're really saying, I, I, I don't want that, but I'm trying to play the man card, dad card, right? And that, that's the way it happens in every relationship, whether it be with your spouse. Your spouse comes to you in love and says, why, you know, can we talk about this? No, we can't talk about this. We're not going to talk about this. Are you with me? Or, or a friend comes to you and says, hey, there's, there's something going on here. I don't know what it is. Can we talk about this? So you have a choice to make. Either you're going to say, okay, I'll listen, or I'm going to be defensive, and the situation's going to fester and get worse. This is a two-way street that both people have to be willing to do. As I've said, there's extreme cases. If both people are willing to work in the relationship, it can be worked out. When one person decides, it's not about me, it's all about you, it's all about you, then things get worse. Both people have to be willing to work through these five things I've given us. Now listen... I know, as I've said, there's extreme cases in every relationship, and those cases may call for extreme measures, okay? It may call for you having to do something. I've tried, I've tried these five things, but but someone's, this person's just not listening. Things aren't getting better, they're getting worse and worse. There's nothing being done about it. What do you do in that case, okay? Here's, Here's an example in the Bible, in Acts chapter 15. I encourage you to go read this story, it's interesting. It's about Paul and Barnabas. Now, if you know Paul... Paul had another name before he was Paul. His name was Saul. And Saul was a horrible person. He thought he was a good person, but he was horrible because he killed Christians and he persecuted Christians and, and he, he threw them in prison and he did horrible, horrible things to Christians. And along the way, he was going to uh, do what he did best. He had an experience that changed his life. He met Christ. He met God. God came to his life. Christ came to his life and changed his life. He had a conversion. Can I just tell you, God can change anybody. Are you with me? God can change anybody in that relationship that you're in. God can and has the power to change that circumstance and that relationship just like he did with Paul. So he he converted him. His name was changed from Saul to Paul. Now Paul was excited about his relationship with God. He wanted to go preach the gospel. And so Barnabas approached all the other apostles and the leaders and said, I think we need to let Paul in this group and we, we need to accept him. And so basically when that happened, there was a friendship that, that started, a bond, that glue of trust where Paul and Barnabas had this close bond, this close friendship, and, and they did everything together and they witnessed and they shared the gospel together, those types of things. Well, they started to go on a missionary journey. They, went to, they wanted to go share the gospel, and they went on a journey. They were going to go on a missionary journey, and they, they journeyed together. And then one particular time, Barnabas wanted to take his cousin, John Mark. And John Mark loved God, and, and so John Mark went with the, the two guys, and they went on this missionary journey. But something happened, the Bible says, to where John Mark decided, I'm done, I'm through with this journey, this missionary thing that we're doing, I want to go back home. Whatever happened caused a rift between John Mark and Paul. Paul didn't like it. Paul didn't want John Mark to go back home. But that's what happened. So there were some trust issues there. Well, then it just festered. They tried to work it out. They tried to work it out. They couldn't work it out. Okay. And then so the next time Barnabas and and Paul wanted to go on a journey together to share the gospel, Barnabas wanted to take his good old cousin John Mark along. And what did did Paul say? Paul says, not going to happen. 
Okay? I'm not taking him along with us anymore. He's not going to be a part of my missionary journeys. We're not going to go through all the expense and all the effort. Something happened there that couldn't be rectified. And so not only did they have to part ways with John Mark, but also Barnabas and Paul parted ways. There may be those extreme cases okay, in your personal relationships where you've done everything you can to resolve it and work it out, but trust has been broken, something's happened, it's not working, and you realize that this can't go on any further. And you may have to be willing, in a loving way, to part ways. Okay, just like in the Bible. So, if you've done all you can do to work it out, and if there's no change in that relationship, it's probably time to part ways. In every relationship, there will be moments where someone lets you down. Just be ready for it. And where trust is broken. Keep a tender heart in those moments. And don't view life at everyone through those eyes of mistrust. But know this. As I close, I want to share this with you. There is always one relationship. One relationship that you can count on and one relationship that you can trust. Always. And that's your relationship with Jesus Christ. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says this. Trust. That's what we're talking about. Trust in yourself. Trust in your job, your money. Trust in everything you can do. Trust in your power to work things out. Trust in your relationships that you can build. No, it doesn't say that. It says trust in the Lord. Trust in me. Trust in me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. That means all in. You've got to be all in in your relationship with God. He wants all of your heart, not just some of your heart. He wants all of your life, not just some of your life. Trust Him with every area of your life. Trust Him with your friendships. Trust Him with your money. Trust Him with with your job. Trust Him with your family. Trust Him with your future. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Can I tell you, that is, is my testimony. I trust in the Lord to the best of my ability with all of my heart every day. This was one of the first scriptures I ever memorized when I became a Christian. I had a conversion just like Saul had a conversion. God came into my life and changed my life forever. And this is one of the first scriptures I memorized. Trust in me, Greg. Trust in me with all of your heart. Lean not on all your own understanding because there's going to be situations in life that you don't get and you don't understand. But trust me in those situations. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge me. Trust me. And I will direct your path. He's saying that same thing to you. And he's asking you, do you trust me? If you put your trust in me, I will guide you. I will direct you. I will help you in life. He's saying, I am the one when all your other relationships are broken, when things go wrong in these other relationships, you can trust me and you can turn to me and we will get through this life together. That's what he's saying to you. Give you another example of Peter. Peter and Christ had this, this thing going on and, and Peter one day was out in, in the boat with all the other apostles, okay, whom, whom they decided to let him in. And so he's out, right? He's out in this boat and a storm comes up. And all the other apostles were freaking out. We're going to die. The wind and the waves are going to take us over. But there's one guy who looked out and he said, I think there's someone out there on the water. And they all looked and said, you're crazy. There's no one on the water. There's wind, there's waves, there's a storm. 
And he kept looking and, and they thought it was a ghost. And he goes, no, I think it's, I think it's Jesus. And Jesus is walking towards him in the boat. And, and he says, Jesus, if that's you, let me come to you. What did Jesus say? He said, come on. And Jesus is saying the same thing to you and me in our relationship with him. He's saying, you can trust me. You can trust me enough to get out of the boat and walk on water. And I will help you in this life. This life can get pretty rough. This life has a lot of wind, a lot of waves, a lot of rough tides, a lot of things buffering against you in life. And Jesus is saying, put your trust in me. Make sure your relationship with me is right. When all the other relationships have their problems and things are going wrong, trust me and I will help you. I will make it better. So he began to walk on water. But the minute he got his eyes off Christ, he began to sink and he began to panic. But even then in that relationship, Jesus reached right down, picked him up, things were okay, and they got into the boat together. You can trust every time your relationship with Christ. Put your trust there. Focus your attention on your relationship with Christ because it affects every other relationship in your life. Think about that this morning. If your relationship with Christ affects every other relationship, wouldn't you want that one relationship to be the very best it could be? The answer would be yes. So you have to ask yourself, where is my relationship with Christ? Is it where it needs to be? Is it as strong as it needs to be? Is my trust in him where it needs to be? And only you can answer that. You can see right now, if you're honest with yourself and you're honest with God and you're honest with the Holy Spirit who's in this place, you can see where you are in your relationship with God. If you need to be closer in that relationship. And I want to encourage you, if there's a distance, if there's a gap in your relationship with Christ, make it right. Start walking towards him. And you can change today. You can decide right here, right now that, you know what, today I'm going to begin to start walking closer to Christ because it affects all my other relationships. You can make that change today. You can make that commitment today. So maybe that's you. And maybe, maybe you're, you're also got other relationships that are in a struggle. Maybe you've blown it in a big way at work, Right? You've blown it. You've made a mistake. And it was, it was a big one, obvious, in front of everybody. And you've blown it. And, and people at work, or maybe you've blown it in your family. Maybe you've blown it in some friendship circle, right? And, and trust has been broken. And you don't know what to do about it. And you need God's help to regain that trust back. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been the one on the other side of the relationship And you've been hurt because someone broke trust with you. And you need to begin to learn to trust again in other relationships. You need God's help to make your heart tender. Maybe trust has been broken in a relationship and you need God's wisdom to know what to do in that relationship, in that situation. And maybe as I've said already, you need to walk towards Christ to begin that that relationship this morning, to make things right. You see... Only you can decide these things. And only you and Christ can make it right. So whatever it is in your life, I want to pray with you as we close this service. And I want you, as we pray together, to turn your situation over to God. If you need to make things right with Him and you need to get closer to Him because that affects all your other relationships, do that this morning. He'll be right here to accept you. 
He's not going to condemn you. He's going to accept you. If you need wisdom, ask him for wisdom. If you've broken trust in a relationship, say, God, help me to know what to do to, to gain trust back. Give me the courage to go to those people and ask for forgiveness. Give me the courage to do what's right. Maybe that's what you need to do this morning. Maybe you've been on the other end, as I've said, and trust has been broken and you don't want to do about it. Ask God, show me, God, what to do in this relationship. Whatever it is for you, I want to pray with you as we close this service. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, you see every one of us here this morning. Heavenly Father, you you see our hearts. You see where we are at in our relationships with our kids. You see where we are at in our relationship with our, our spouses and our parents. You see where our relationship is at in our family, in our friendship circles, in the community. God, you see where we're at. And, and Lord, I'm praying and we're praying, God, that you give us the wisdom we need to do what we need to do to, to mend these relationships. And Lord, if, if the relationship's unmendable, give us the wisdom to know what to do and how to handle it in love. Lord, give us this wisdom. Give us this peace. Give us this understanding. Let it become clear to us, God. Help us to keep our heart tender and pure so that you can love us and love through us and let love build up in our hearts and give us the courage to work on our relationships to make them better in love. And Lord, I pray right now that that you would bring one, two, maybe three people to our minds that we need to make things right with in a loving way and help us to do that. We ask that you resolve these things in a, in a good way. And Lord, if, if there's a relationship that can't be resolved, let it be handled in a loving way. Lord, the relationship between us and you, God, we, we come to you now. And Lord, I pray that you help every one of us to make a decision to, to make things right with you, to begin a new journey with you, to recommit our life to you, to begin spending more time with you because our relationship with you, God, directly affects all of our other relationships. So, Lord, let us be determined to make that relationship with you what it needs to be. And we thank you for these things. And we ask them in Jesus' name. If you meant that prayer and you said that prayer, say amen. Amen. Amen.